0: And welcome to a Bird Camp Wonderland podcast. Uh, It's the Interlull. It's going to be a bit of a dull one. Not a lot to talk about other than the Brighton game, which is not a lot to talk about either. But we'll find something to discuss. Hopefully, to make it a bit easier for me, I have two guests with me tonight. Uh, Introduce you first. Of Twitch fame, Nick Fights. It's Nick. Hello, Nick.
1: Hello, John. No, hang on. That's Danny's thing, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, I'm oh, good, I'm good. Uh, I'm a bit bored, but, you know, this is what happens whenever the interlows on.
1: Yeah, we always get bored when there's no football on, and watching England makes it so much worse.
0: Oh, i would not even bothering watching that. I can't be doing with that stuff. Um, I That's the weird thing. The Interlo starts, and then I don't actually watch any of the international games, and I forget that te- uh, teams are actually playing. I just assume football doesn't exist anymore. Uh, like for these two weeks or however long it is. Uh, I just, also, I'll just play
1: the game just um waiting to see how many Liverpool and United players are going to miraculously, you know, leave international duty through injury and then play the first game back when we start
0: again. That is a good one, actually. That's yeah. Or oh, see actually, see, if your most hated player gets injured. There you go. Look out for that in the international games if you are watching. You might have some fun. Um, uh, Neil is not good enough to play international football is he? It's a shame I really don't <laughs> like him uh, Also joined by of Twitter fame, Cactus Cash, better known as Rich, how you doing mate? How's it going my man? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, how's yourself? I'm good, um, I'm, I'm off work at the moment so it's very confusing because I'm not used to this much time off and I don't know what to do with myself um, You're not supposed to be bored when you're on holiday are you? But um, that's
2: technically do. not the
0: way it goes, but yeah,
2: yeah you see, you've put a new spin on things.
0: I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I always do things in my own way. It's very confusing though. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, right. We'll talk about the last game, which is not very exciting, unfortunately, because it was Brighton nil, Arsenal nil. Um, only real change in the lineup was obviously Jacka picked up his injury. So, Laconga came in, which I think everyone kind of expected. Um, there was a possibility of maybe Pepe comes in and, Edigard or Smith Rowe moved back a bit deeper but I think Arteta went with the right decision in the end although we didn't get the result. Rich, what did you make of the lineup itself and just the game in general? Yeah, yeah, the lineup was was
2: fairly uh, was fairly succinct really. It was it was what you kind of expected lakonga coming in and after impressing in the the cameos and and brief bits and pieces um they had, I was, you know, confidence was high, you know, due to the, the absolute shellacking of uh, of the uh, the Middlesex people up the road. But oh my God, what a turgid game! Uh, it, you know, obviously, massively didn't help with the uh, with the weather, absolutely uh, bucking it down. But yeah, but you know, after after a bright start, we kind of reverted back to uh, our usual off the ball passive type kind of thing um and, and and allowed brighton who are you know let's not thingy, a very a decent football inside you know i think at one point was it last week or so the week before they could have gone top
0: yeah i think it um, was the, yeah the game before yeah they could have if they'd yeah. won they'd go
2: top yeah so they're banging like the form of their lives you know they're 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 no they're no mugs kind of thing and i think we we kind of I think we got a little bit scared and kind of just backed off a little bit too much and gave them far too much respect. And then it was just impossible to kind of try to, 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 to build and gain, gain any momentum, you know, their, their tactics of, of pressing us high and fast. Um, and, you know, especially like when we had the, the ball at the back, you know, they were happy for us to, to have goal kicks and pick up second balls, which they did really, really well. Um, so it was, it was always, always going to be like a, a, a tough game. But like I said, the, the weather didn't help, but I was slightly disappointed. But what can you say? Like, you know, you don't play well, but you gain a point. Isn't that what they call like the stuff of champions or something like that? I don't know. Maybe, yeah.
0: yeah I mean, I, I, would, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't quite say we're champions or anything like that, but no, that is right. I think this is one of those sort of games that, and I mean, I've, I've said this probably for the, Years, the last few years under Wenger and then under Emery and Arteta as well, where you have these sort of games that you always remember in the past were the ones we lose. And now we're getting a point out of them. And that's obviously happened with three different managers. It's just we haven't taken the next step of going, oh, this is a really bad game, but we managed to nick a win sort Mm. of thing. Um, Like we've seen Man United do a lot this season. Nick, in terms of the game itself, there wasn't a lot for us to sort of be excited about. I guess other than... I thought the defence looked pretty solid again for the most part. Tommy Esi probably had his worst game for us. He was up against a very, very good wing-back who I'd not seen before, Cucurella. I think he was at Barca previously. And Ramsdale, again, showing that actually looks like it was a pretty savvy purchase getting him in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember talking about Ramsdale in the pre-season and I think most of us were saying we don't want to buy him, mainly because we didn't want to spend... That much money on a backup goalkeeper, and then when I think, but I think um, didn't um, Sheffield United actually pay about twenty million for him anyway? They did then?
0: pay, yeah. I think they paid quite a high fee. For
1: yeah, him. so obviously yeah. they, you know, they couldn't afford to take a hit on him. You know, they could gamble and maybe come back up and then get that money again. The fact that we're we're playing him as first choice, you know, I'm completely completely fine with that now. You know, so I'm quite happy with that, and I'm actually. Happy and surprised Arteta stuck with the same back four and the goalkeeper for about four or five games in a row because most of his Arsenal managing career, we seem to get a run of, you know, a team going. And then for some reason or another, he just breaks up the defence or changes everything up. I mean, I remember the start of last season, would we have um, Holden and Gabriel for about two and a bit months? And then all of a sudden, changed it, changed it again. And then David Louise turned up again, and we thought, oh, he, you know, he couldn't stop changing it, and he was getting. I think I think
2: on. it helps that we haven't got Europe or any, you know any midweek games. I think that helps a lot, being able to be consistent.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, because yeah, if they were playing well in the European games, then how could he say, "All right, you just lost the week," you know, the game against you know whoever the weekend, but these guys are keeping a clean sheet in Europe. I suppose that could be a point to it, but.
0: The, the fitness aspect is definitely one thing. It's a lot easier to keep a consistent back four then. The thing I would say is that when Arteta first came in, the first thing he fixed was the defence, really. Um, it wasn't perfect, but he changed that back three system and he made sure that we were defending well first. And then into his you know, first proper season, but was was during COVID when there was no fans in the stadium. He tried to get to the back four and it just wasn't working at times and defensively we looked awful. Um, now he's got all his players in, all the ones he wanted, um, and this seems to be his first choice back line at the moment. Um, and I think so far he's been proved right. Um, as I said, Tommy actually didn't have his best game. I think if you actually look at his stats, he didn't lose as many duels as everyone maybe made out. But it's that thing of your eyes will see one thing, but the stats will tell you another. Because before this game, every game he'd played, he looked amazing and looked like no one could beat him. And I don't think he'd actually been beaten in a one-on-one in a one at any point. But, you know, Brighton was smart in the way they tried to isolate him and Ben White. They didn't let Ramsdale play out from the back to Ben White, which I think was like... Previous to this game was the uh, most consistent pass they were done. They were quite happy to let Gabriel have the ball, but they didn't want Ben White to have it, which obviously makes sense. He's more of the ball playing centre back, and Brighton obviously know a lot about him. Rich, in in terms of the game, I think you're obviously what you said is right. Brighton have had a great start to the season, and almost in a way, I can see how they kind of, if you look at what if Arteta stays in the job, what Arteta's team might be like in two years' time, maybe. Um, in the sense that Potter's come in, he's got this group of players together, they've been together a long time now, and he's implemented the game plan and they're taking it on really well. i is obviously trying to do the same thing, but it's starting as if almost brand new. The difference is when you've got two very young teams, you need your senior pros to perform, and Brighton seem to have that. And I think in our team, if you look at it, we had, what, Thomas Party, Aubameyang. Other than that, the real senior players in the team, I mean... Gabriel, I guess, who for me did his job on the day, but in terms of the still midfield, still only on the forwards, twenty-three inning Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. We're looking at him, maybe Tierney is like sort of the senior players in the back backline, um, sort of the leaders. Party and Abamyang really weren't at it on the day, were they?
2: No, no. I, I, again, I, th- I, th- I thought I, I wasn't massively impressed with Lukonga. Too too tough as well, um, and that's not me like digging him out or saying he's rubbish or blah 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 blah. blah. I thought he was, he was a little slow uh, on the ball and and, and uh, a, a little bit, again, going back to my favourite word um, that I use uh, for this Arsenal team, passive, he was a bit too passive for my liking uh, and just, you know, absolutely nothing was sticking with the Bamiyang. Um, I think, you know, obviously the, the big difference is in the North London derby, you know, you've got the home fans, glorious sunshine everybody's super pumped pumped. Sorry. Uh, you know, and he's going up against Eric Dyer and I can't remember whatever. It was It Sanchez, Davidson Sanchez. Whereas, mm. you know, in this game, it's in the absolute sheet in rain and he's up against three center halves. I think the smallest of which is like six foot three. And, you know, I said where, where they, how they were smart and they pressed us. You know, we, we with that link, they just they cut that link from from Ben White to Partey and and going through our, that that change. You know, the amount of times that Ramsdale had had to go long, uh, and the ball's just sailing over like Erdegaard's head. I think like he had like so few passes. I can't remember the the actual stat, but um, yeah, it just it was it was a bad day at the office all round, and I think you you want your so one of the things that i would want and i want arteta to do this as well to to to, in in some respect but you you need your leaders to do it as well is they've got the boots on the ground they're on the pitch they can see what's working and what's going on and, and so you would want to them to be able to recognize the game state to recognize the situations that's going on that pitch and then make their slight slight adjustments kind of thing you know um just it, just to switch some some things around I think it took us too far too long especially like the entirety of that first half to kind of do any sort of adjustments um and like I said the, the biggest thing for me that that really really wound me up was just that the, the amount of time that we allowed, Um, Brighton on the ball I think was was just the biggest detriment and you know as soon as we got the ball they pressed us and you know on a on a crappy pitch with some of our players not you know up to having their best game we couldn't keep the ball I think I don't know if you if the stats are again the thing but I think like our possession stats were like ridiculously low like yeah they were
0: they were pretty low I think it was like uh, we were under forty or something like that. I think for
2: that Yes. Moment. yeah, so it's it it was just, I, it, and you know that's one of the things. I was how long has Potter been in in charge of Brighton? Has it been the same amount of time as, as Arteta? Or uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to look
0: now. I'm going to pretend I'm a professional and I'm not
2: typing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that is you know the the, the way that Potter uh, Potter's team... That's how I want Arsenal to play. You know, aggressive off the ball, move. You know, movement off, uh, um, off the ball, and I, you know, I, I'm, you know, part of our, our group and stuff like that, and and uh, massive online. I think I'm quite an Arteta um, apologist kind of thing, but you know, I, I would have liked to think that he'd got his act to get a bit better um, together already, kind of thing. As when you compare to, like I say, to to Brighton, who have much more of a budget than us. And I'm, I'm fairly certain he's been in the same amount of time because wasn't wasn't Potter um, he was at Ostend's, wasn't he? When Emery's yes. Arsenal they beat us at home and we beat them yeah. at Wales. Uh, uh, yeah. vice versa. Sorry.
0: So both both came in in 2019, um, and he joined. So he joined 2019 season start, and Arteta obviously came in on when was it? It was December, wasn't it? Uh, mm. Yeah, so December time. So yeah, Potter had a pre-season uh, okay. with Brighton, um, proper full season and pre-season and stuff. Uh, but yeah, he's obviously he's got a longer career. He was at mm. Ostend for seven years. Jeez, I didn't mm. realise it was that long.
2: Yeah. So I mean, but the, you know, but to try and not be completely negative, Nancy, I think mm. there's, is that is that ten points from twelve that we, yeah, we've got. That's ten so points from twelve. That's yeah. not that's not terrible, and especially considering the you know, absolute abysmal uh, start we had, you know, seemingly we're moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Um, I think uh, Gunnerblog was talking about and said, if you put the Brighton game at the start of this run and you went Brighton, Norwich, uh, Burnley, Tottenham, then you'd be going into the Interlal with the same number of points, but you'd be going, oh, that was really good. It's just Mm. obviously the the nil-nils come sort of at the end of it. Um, Nick, Obviously, we were talking about senior players performing. Um, Is this something you kind of expect that you're going to get games like this during the season? Because everyone's had to readjust their opinion of Arsenal and where they're going to finish. But we have got a very young team. You know, when we're talking about the likes of Gabriel, Tierney, uh, Erdegaard's even spoken about as a leader. These are all guys who are 22, 23. The majority of the team is that age or younger. Um, It's only really a Bamiyang from the starting eleven. Um, which looks to be the settled starting eleven, obviously Jacko when he's available, um, that he's over that age. So it's just, just sort of the thing that will happen with young players and young teams that we've seen from other sides down the years. Yeah,
1: I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, thinking how the season's gonna go and how, you know, Artetas trust the process and all that sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, he's got I think I'm pretty sure we've got the youngest squad in the premiership, which is not normally something we have, but I just think, yeah, we're going to have a lot of games like we've had since the season started. Games where we're terrible, games where we're really good, games where nothing happened. But I just think if this goes how Arteta and Edu and Arsenal want it to go, but towards the tail end of the season, like the last 10, 15 games, for this to be working, we've got to hit some, some kind of consistency and really make a good push for... Europe, if not top four, because that's what they're doing. It'd be nice if we could just go out like City and Chelsea and spend £100 million on this player, £100 million on that player, find out their crap and just loan them out and pay their wages till their contract is up. But we can't. So we're doing it a different way. And this is kind of similar to how Klopp and Liverpool did it. And they had about yeah a bit years before they were... And He was buying weird players from Southampton that people thought, well, Mane ain't no good. And it turns out yeah. he wasn't the fashionable, you know, sixty seventy million pound player from abroad. He was from Southampton, you know. So, I'm I'm actually a little bit optimistic because that's why there's not many people having meltdowns because we can see what Arsenal are trying to do. We have spent money in the summer. I think we spent more money at least on transfers, I don't know about wages and stuff like that, but at least on transfer fees, we spent more money than anyone in Europe, which is a complete contrast to, what was it, 2015, where we were the only team in Europe to not buy an outfield player, when we yeah, only got the
0: check. Yeah, got a check, did we, no one else, yeah. Yeah, so... What a window. Um,
1: yeah. We can't really complain. I mean, he's been backed probably more than any Arsenal manager for the last, what, five or six years? Probably since peak Wenger, really. Yeah. I think towards the end of the Wenger, I don't think he was getting everything his own way. With Obviously, with Wenger and Gazidis, you always heard stuff with about them behind the scenes. They didn't get on and stuff like that. But, yeah, it, it's going to be an up-and-down season until you know these players get to know each other. You know, And we can see how good they can be. And if, if he's going to start from the defence, that's perfect because... For years everyone has said, Oh, Arsenal are a brilliant team going forward. Shame they're crap at the back. Yeah. So if he can fix that, which is going to be difficult to fix that without affecting the strikers, which obviously is what he's done, but he'll have to try and get the balance right towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah, um, and just sort of sticking it's kind of sticking with the game, but um going on to a player in particular, uh Rich. Obviously, Arteta made some subs. Um, Erdegaard came off. Um, he wasn't particularly effective in the game. I thought it's probably his worst game in an Arsenal shirt, to be fair. Mm. Not all his fault because the midfield really didn't control it. And again, um, take nothing away from Brighton because I thought they played really well when we were lucky to get a point, to be fair. If if they could finish, then, you know, we, we mm. probably could have lost that 2-3-0. Um, Pepe came on. Um, Lacazette and Maitland-Nars also made an appearance. Um I'm not scared to make big decisions by taking off Aubameyang. Um, clearly weren't working for him. Had no issue with Lacazette. I don't think he was amazing. Um, Pepe is someone who's always divided opinion, I think, since he's been at the club. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Some are almost indifferent towards him. If he has a good game, then it's great. But then if he has a you know terrible game, everyone goes, well, that's just Pepe. You, you never know what you're going to get. I'm not saying on this game in particular, it's not on him to come on and change the game. But when you've got Erdegaard, Smith-Rowe and Saka, who are all exceptional talents, we all love them, think they're great and they're going to have amazing careers, hopefully for a very long time at Arsenal or not somewhere else. Um, but they're going to have games where they're going to struggle a little bit, just because they're young and form and consistency isn't there when you're that sort of age. Pepe is 27, I think I'm right in saying. I uh, see, this is one of those things I should have looked up again. Danny, saying much better at this than the 26 um he shouldn't necessarily have come on and changed this game um but in general his arsenal career i think it is getting to the point where even the people who do like him and do back him are starting to question whether he should still be at the club just because that consistency isn't there what 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 do you make of his arsenal career because last season he was our top contributor for goals and assists so it's not like he didn't do it anything last season, but still there's doubts over him.
2: Yeah, well, it kind of, it, it goes back a little bit to what you said earlier, that, you know, that that stats v. eyes thing. You know, the stats say that he's our top goal contributor, but your eyes have, have seen him be completely ineffectual and especially, you know, against a... a um, in, in the final third, when the team's sitting deep and stuff like that, the, the he, he doesn't really, I don't know, I don't know if it's just me, but I just, I sometimes, I, I, I think he struggles to take on people in that final third, you know, if it's around about the midfield area and, uh, and, and we're breaking from our own half, like, he's really good, he can be able to, ability to run into space, it's just as soon as, as soon as he gets into that final third, and they have the ability to, they've, you know, they've got the the pitch behind them to act as a, or to, you know, the, the sidelines to act as an extra defender kind of thing. He kind of struggles, um, and especially when when teams double team him, which the, you know they 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 do often kind of thing. Um, I I neither like or or hate Pepe. Um, I, f- I feel kind of sorry for him, in the sense of. You know, he, he's coming to decide astronomical money spent on him, way too much money that, that that we spent on him. And that price tag kind of always gets mentioned with him, uh, you know, which is a tad bit unfair. And also, you know, we, we're asking for consistency from him, but we've never given him consistency of selection and consistency of, of even a manager at times kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, it also doesn't help his cause the emergence of Saka and Smith Rowe, um, which is another thing that's kind of you know uh, gone against him uh, slightly a little bit. Um, you know, as I said before, like I I would have picked that that team uh, on against Brighton, but as the game wore on, you could see that this was probably game for Pepe um you know he was uh, somewhere that he could you know Brighton's got loads of uh, uh, loads of um space in the backfield and you know he can get off and, um, and break and be played in behind and stuff like that um yeah it's just it's 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 it's, it's it's hard for him because, like I said, like the the stats wise, it's it's decent, but your eyes tell you that there's not there's something just not right and there's something just not clicking. I don't know if it's just if it's the league or the type of football that that we're playing with him just not suited to him, but it's just it's not clicking. And I would imagine how long and how long has he got left on his contract? I, I would imagine.
0: Like uh, he... probably two and a half years, maybe something like mm. that. I'd, I'd imagine he would have signed on a five year deal, um, mm. something like that. So he's been there a while now, hasn't he? Uh,
2: yeah. I, I can, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was, if he was sold next summer. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just going to, how much do you think now. we'd get for him? I mean, you, you're not million, get, like that. You're, you're not getting the same money back uh, is the problem. Um, I don't even think you'd get half. And it honestly depends on, so on transfer market, he's valued at 31 and a half. Yeah. Um, let's see, where is his contract? So his contract expires, oh, 2024. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, two two and a bit years. Um,
2: so this summer is where we, we we supposedly need to make our decision on what we're going to do with him.
0: Yeah, realistically, there is. The, the, the thing, Nick, coming to what you said earlier about obviously not having Europe means that Arteta can have a consistent back four and goalkeeper and keep the team pretty steady. It's very good for the team, but for players like Pepe, who obviously, like Rich said, I think if it weren't for Smith-Rowe and Saka and the way they're performing, would probably be in the team, and players like Martinelli, they're not going to get much game time. Um, martinelli is less of an issue because of his age and he's, he's got a long time ahead of him whereas Pepe because he is 26 um you know and we paid a lot of money for him he's going to be expected when he does come in to perform straight away i don't think anyone's expecting martinelli drop you straight in the team you should be having a banger every week are they
2: i sorry to just interrupt yeah. I, I think martinelli it is a problem as as well with this with you no know, europe because he's he's not even playing for like the under 23s or anything like that he's getting very very little game time in mm. a stage in his career where he needs to to play i think he's he's another one who's who's i i i'd slightly disagree i know what you're saying kind of thing mm. in, in the sense of uh, he's still young <clears throat> enough kind of thing but i i yeah. he needs minutes man he needs game time
1: yes yeah, you too think, so- think we're struggling because last year obviously during the covid and before that we had the five subs so we were seeing a lot more players get a lot more game time coming on.
0: I do think that was a factor. And also the games were so much more condensed. I think you'll see the team get rotated a lot more when you get to Christmas, when we are playing two games a week and the cup competitions come back and that sort of thing, Uh, the cups that we're in anyway. Um, But at the moment, it is just that we're on the one game a week thing, which is going to be an issue. Um, I understand what you're saying about Martinelli and I do agree to an extent, but I think there is also... Unfortunately, the onus is on the players who aren't in the team right now that you have to do better in training than Smith-Rowe and Saka. I, I think we've seen from Arteta, barring probably Bakaya Saka, um, he's quite willing to drop most people um, if they're not doing well enough. Um, you know, there's there's an argument if Erdegaard puts in another performance like he did against Brighton, then maybe he gets dropped out of the team for a bit and Saka comes inside and Pepe gets back in the team again, you know. Or or Martinelli or whoever. Um, we've got the same sort of issue with Balogun at the moment. Who's you know ripped it up for the under twenty three? Scored a ridiculous goal or uh, won a ridiculous penalty the other night. If anyone hasn't seen it, go oh to that, the was, that
2: was that sco- was that was cool. That was yeah. a blinding bit of skill.
0: I mean, that was like watching FIFA Street or something. But it just shows mm-hmm. you that he's he's miles above that. But he's clearly not you know Premier League level yet. But you had the issue that. Uh, Enketia didn't go, so then uh Balogun probably would have got a loan if uh, would be would have the plan was Balogun stays and then Ketia goes so he gets bumped up uh, the pecking order, but then that didn't happen. And then Ketia is a better player currently than Balogun. Um at least from season he looked at. Um so it causes more issues. Um I do have a bit of sympathy for Arteta because if you loaned out players like Martinelli or Balogun, you get one or two injuries. Mm. And then you are left with absolutely nothing. Um, especially we've, we've got the African Cup of Nations, so you lose what Aubameyang goes, uh, Partey goes, um, Pepe goes, uh, uh, Elneny as El well. Elneny goes, yeah. Yeah. You know, so you are going to lose a lot of players for so that period of the season um, come January time, whether they have to dip into the transfer market again or those other players now get thrown into the team and have to sort of hold the fort for a month, six weeks, um, that's going to be the real test for them. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that sort of covers the Brighton game. Uh, The only thing I would say about it is anyone who is overly negative, I'd just say just watch Brighton's performances for the rest of the season and see how many points they pick up at home. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if they got what some people consider an upset against a big team like a Man City or something like that at home and managed to get a draw um maybe not play quite as dominantly but um i think they're going to do a lot better than maybe people expect if they start i putting, mean, this they, this was on they, the cards last season for them as yeah, well because they, they were very very good they just couldn't finish yeah couldn't finish yeah and to be fair we saw that in the game against us you know and they mm. were missing basuma um who else was that injured they had back. Back. yeah so they had a few you know few good players out uh like key players in their team and, they, you know, Cucarella's just come in and he looks absolutely blinding. Player, I'm sure he's going to give people a nightmare all season playing down that side. Um, I know not everyone likes Lalana, but they've managed to keep him fit. And when he is fit and available, he's a very good player. I don't mm. like, I hate Mope. He's just got a face you want to punch. A mother wouldn't even <laughs> love that face. But he is good. He's annoying. Um, Veltman, who is a guy I'm sure we've been linked with, like, God knows how many times in the past, um, who's come in, he's done really well. And they've got that solid defence. Uh, that have worked, a lot of them have come up with Brighton through God knows how many leagues, and they, they know how to do it and, and get things done. So, yeah, um, disappointing performance, but if you asked me before the game, I probably would have said, yeah, I'll take a point and be quite happy with it. But, yeah, that sort of covers the Brighton game. Um, quick palate cleanser, because that was kind of a miserable perfor- uh, performance if you had to watch it. Uh, Nick, what do you do to keep yourself entertained in the interlull?
1: I I stream on Twitch under the name Nick Fights. You know, shameless oh, plug. Man. There we
0: go. Good, good plug. Good plug. I like
1: but it. Yeah, I, I, I don't watch any international football. I mean, I assume England are playing some games. I'd have no idea who they are playing, whether they're friendlies, qualifiers for the World Cup. Are we actually qualified for the World Cup yet? I I don't know. I assume we will play Andorra or something like that, but <laughs> <laughs> like we always seem to do. Yeah, I just like I said before the show, I just pretend football doesn't exist until it comes until the until like a few days before it come back, and then I can't even remember. I don't even know who Arsenal got next. To be honest, that's how much of a good supporter I am.
0: <laughs> we are. Got, is it Palace? Uh, yeah, we're home to Palace. Oh yeah,
1: pa- right. Palace Villa. Yeah. Is it the Monday the Friday or something, or Friday mm. Monday or something like that? Yeah. But yeah, I, I just am. pretend football doesn't exist for two weeks. It's probably for the best, especially being an Arsenal supporter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Much the same, mate. Much the same. Um, I don't actually know who's playing at the moment in the internationals. I assume it's World Cup qualifiers. I don't know if it's World Cup or Euros. I've got no idea. I'm I'm exactly the same. I pay no attention. Uh, I try and keep myself entertained with other things. Uh, Normally I'm working, so I don't have to worry about it. Uh, Rich, what do you do to keep yourself entertained?
2: Uh, at the minute, just, just uh, continue with uh, my uh, my training of the uh, the the under thirteen girls team I manage. Um, yeah, trying trying to cobble together enough players to uh, to to play a match this Saturday. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's it's school viewing uh, time, so uh, oh, okay. there's a quite I got quite a few girls doing school viewings. So uh yeah we're trying to rearrange a different time to play a fixture but yeah no I'm I'm not as down on on, on into football, uh, international football as, as 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 others I'm you know I I'm a sucker for a a summer tournament and stuff like that um you know I'm not as uh, uh uh as tuned into it I think yeah I think we're playing Andorra I don't know who else we're playing um kind of thing but yeah no just you know play a bit of computer and uh, and mainly just uh, uh, you know do the um, do do the football, and then on Sundays I play um, I, I, I play football at Power League. You know, running around with my forty-year-old self, <laughs> co- coughing and spluttering, trying to chase after whippersnappers. Nice, you know.
1: I well, think in line and door because that was a complete guess.
0: No, uh, no apparently i just looked this up we're playing i say we i don't cheer on england i was cheer on it italy. is we um, come on john don't don't no, lie i don't cheer lie. on it <laughs> i watch the summer tournaments i do enjoy watching them and i cheer on italy the whole way through because they've got the best national anthem um so i laughed my ar i mean i was sad obviously that Saka with the penalty that was heartbreaking it oh, that was horrible great. Yeah, but I was also, As soon
2: as you walked up, I went, no, because
0: yeah. I knew. I was also jumping around cheering because Italy won and was screaming out my window in my flat, and everyone around me now hates me who lives next to me, which is great. <laughs> um, Except for the Polish people upstairs. They thought it was very I funny.
1: normally hear different noises coming out of your bedroom window. <laughs> like, you, John?
0: <laughs> uh No comment. Um, yeah, apparently, if you're interested, listeners, England are playing Wales uh, on Thursday. a friendly. And then it's the UEFA Nations League which is that other competition thing that yeah. I'm very confused about playing Belgium and then Denmark. Um,
2: Speaking of staying on the, on the older uh, international thing, what do you cool. guys make of, um, of uh, old Lord Wenger and his, uh, his world cup every two years, uh, thing?
0: think. Uh, um, <laughs> That's not a good reaction. <laughs> That is a, uh, I think, arson has been drinking the Kool Aid a little bit too much. Uh, they've got no problem selling it. I, I don't be wrong if it was on, I'd watch it. But if you did that, then you've got to have a Euros every two years. Uh, I would have thought because UEFA for FIFA are different things, and then players don't ever get a summer off. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a FIFA a FIFA Pro directive that they're going to try and put in a rule that if a player has played a certain number of games or minutes within the space of a week or two weeks, they, they're not allowed to play the next game. Um, I have no idea how they're going to try and put this rule in because clubs will say no. Uh, you, I don't think a club's going to go, oh, you're going to tell me the guy I pay you know 300 grand a week. I'm not allowed to pick him this week because you say he's played too many minutes. Um, it's for the players good, and it would be lovely if they did it, but I don't think it will happen. I, I can't see it happening. The, the World Cup every two years. I just don't understand how they'd possibly do it because so it's not just the uh, you've got the European Cup. You've got obviously Copper America. You've got the African Nations. It, there's uh, the you know the Asian Cup. Um, there's no way you can. How do you get all of those fixtures and games in? the footballers will literally have two weeks off an entire uh, entire year, and that would be it. There'd be so many injuries and, and problems. I can't. I really can't see it happening.
1: Wouldn't it lose um, it as pale as well if we had one every summer, like a Euros, a World Cup, a Euros, a World
2: Cup? You say it's that kind of of we 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 have the Champions League every season, and that brings in lots of,
1: and that's, lots, that's of money, lots of money. That's, that's boring. That's That's why we're not in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, It is a weird one. Um, either unless they can come to some sort of agreement with UEFA then I don't see how it happened, happen. And I think if it did start to happen, clubs would try and find ways to get players out of tournaments. Um, I think it's good on one part that it would give players who want to play at a World Cup a better chance because you might pick up an injury uh, if you're playing for, say, a smaller nation and they've qualified for this World Cup. But by the time you're fit again, the next World Cup, your country doesn't qualify. It's different mm-hmm. if you're playing for Spain or Italy or someone like that. You're going to be there pretty much every year. Uh, or every competition Um, so I think that's okay but I can't yeah I I do not see that as a good idea at all so I'm surprised Wenger's gone for that to be honest because I think if he was a club manager still he wouldn't be saying that.
2: Yeah, um, I, is, I agree. Is, I think, yeah, if he was still yeah. manager of Arsenal, I think he would have been dead set
0: against it. Oh, yeah, no, I think he would be, you know, he'd, he'd try and ban all summer competitions if he could to keep his players fit, especially with the record he, that Arsenal had whilst he was there. Not, I'm not saying it's Arsenal's fault before he would jump on me for that, because I know I'll get fucking stick for that as well. Um, right, okay, that's the interlou and that done. I saw, now this is a little post I saw on Twitter from... This is one listeners you can get involved with. I put this up on my Twitter um, and it was a retweet from Chris Wheatley, who I'm sure most Arsenal fans follow. Um, I think he writes for Football London, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, you've probably heard him on our blog and other football podcasts and stuff. But if you don't follow him, it's uh, at Chris Wheatley underscore on Twitter. But yeah, if you go on my Twitter page, um, you'll see a little link. And there is uh, on their website, they've got a pick your results for the fixtures up till Christmas. Um, and see where the teams will be at that time. um crisper his up, and he had Arsenal in fourth place with 41 points. Uh, yeah, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, then Arsenal. And then fifth place was Tottenham, 34 points, a whopping seven points behind, which is quite nice. So I thought for a bit of fun, I'd have a go. Um, I got Arsenal on fourth as well, but with a measly 36 points. And Brighton were in fifth, uh, not Spurs. Uh, and I had Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City as the top three. I asked a few people. um, A couple of people from the group did it. Um, I'm just going to pull up Rich's here. Can't even remember what I put now. Uh, That's all right. So, Rich had (laughs) Chelsea top. And remember, this is just to Christmas. This is not post Christmas. This is up to the Christmas game. Um, And I'm going to ask Nick for his what he thinks the results will be. And I'll read the fixtures out so everyone's caught. Play along if you don't want to do it. Uh, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool. Then he had Man United. Um, of all the tweets and replies I got, you were the only person who had Man United in the top four. Everyone else had them much lower. And then you had. Yeah, like I said, I
2: just, I just, I think they're they're going to cunt their, excuse my language, cunt their yeah. way to 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 get in points.
0: Um, interestingly, though, you did have Arsenal on thirty-four points, so you were only uh, two points less than what I'd predicted. Um, so, Nick, I'm going to go through this uh, with you now. I'm going to read out the fixtures, and all you've got to say is. Uh, win, loss, or draw. So, okay. we'll go for the Premier League fixtures. Uh, Arsenal at home to Palace, win. Oh, he's got a win. I think I put win for that as well. Uh, Arsenal mm. home to Villa, another win. Oh, okay. Uh, away to Leicester, win. Whoa, okay. What, it's, what a run! Whoa, <laughs> this is a great. This is a, what a way to come back from the international break. Three wins on a row. Um, at home to Watford, win. Yep, I'm liking this. Okay, here comes the hard one. Away to Liverpool. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh, win. Really? <laughs> I've done I've, oh, yeah. Go on, win. Screw it.
0: Really? You're gonna put no. win? Okay.
1: No, <laughs> no. I, I, I don't want to say lose, but I don't want to say draw because that's just being safe in it.
0: Just on your honest opinion, I, look, I put lose. I put. don't know how to win this game?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, okay. Yep. I just it was just more of a test to see roughly where everyone thought we were. Um home to Newcastle.
1: Yeah, we'll beat them. Yeah,
0: I had that as well. Away to Man United.
1: Ooh, I, I do actually fancy a draw for that one. I don't okay. know why. Draw. We always um, I didn't, didn't be the first time we beat them for years last year at
0: oh, yeah, it was wasn't like it? thirteen
1: yeah. years the first
0: It was time a long, long I don't it was think we'll get to class, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a part A, part A in El Nenny masterclass. It
2: was
0: mm. um, right. A couple more fixtures till we get to Christmas. Away to Everton.
1: I would beat them. I'll beat. Everton. I'll sack their okay. manager by then. Yeah.
0: Uh, home to Southampton.
1: Oh, oh dear, Southampton near uh, Christmas time. <laughs> I know. I know where this goes. <laughs> All right, I'll go
0: for a horrible draw. It's yeah. going for a draw. Okay, home to West Ham. I would beat them. I think West Ham as well. Okay. A <laughs> uh, way to lead. Ooh. Draw. Draw. Okay. So, Nick, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins. So, what's that? That's 21 points. One loss. Three draws. So, 24 points you've got out of those games. Um, I hope you followed along with that, listeners. I know this is very interesting content. Um, so, Nick, interestingly... You got Arsenal on 34 points as well, exactly the same as Rich. <laughs> now, obviously, when me and Rich did it, we used the link and you put in the predictions for all the other teams as well. But every single person I've seen reply on my tweet, um, it's not loads, to be fair, but other people in the group have messaged me back and stuff. We've they've all got Arsenal on anywhere from 34. I think the lowest someone had was 31. Someone put had us down on 31 points, yeah. Uh, so for one guy's on 31. Everyone else has got us on 34 up to 37 points, though, on average. Now, if you said before the season the general mood of Arsenal fans would be that positive, I would have laughed in your face. And I'm a, I'm a proper Arteta apologist as well, like big, big time. Um, I just think it shows we're going in the right direction and that for the majority of those games that run up to Christmas – um, I think we're playing, who is it on Boxing Day? We've got. So we're away to Norwich on Boxing Day.
1: Yeah, just come get? on, the Aries.
0: Me
1: um, <laughs> and Elson be, be there win. cheering on, City, <laughs> sitting in, yeah. the, in the City fans with our Arsenal yeah. shirts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of games, I'm not saying they're easy. Obviously, the Liverpool game's horrible, and I think Everton away is going to be tough as well because Benitez can get results if they haven't sacked him, which they shouldn't do. But, you know, stranger things happen. Um, I think it's a good run of fixtures that we can get some serious momentum in. Yeah, some of them we might get draws and not wins. And, you know, the Man United game is going to be tricky. Um, I still think they bought the wrong player. They shouldn't have bought Ronaldo. They should have got a midfielder. But, um, which I also get laughed at by Man United fans, but there you go. Um, But I just, I feel so much more confident this season. And I think it is a lot down to the new players that come in. Um, Ramsdale looks fantastic I mean in the Brighton game he made a ridiculous you know that sort of save and clawed it out Siemens the way he really pushed that out and then it was cleared otherwise Mopay had a tap in um, he seems to command his box really well the back four look like they're gelling White and Gabriel look like they've got good understanding um, I do think Xhaka being injured is a big loss I know people don't like to admit that but I do think that is going to be a bit of an issue for us yeah um, yeah, and I just I feel confident once the season starts up again. I think there is another international break in November, unfortunately, which is a bit annoying, breaks things up. But I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to the season, what happens, and what the young players can produce. You know, there's a lot more to come from Erdegaard, Saka, Smith Rowe. Um I do worry a little bit about Abamiang and Lacazette, what happens there. Um, but I'm I'm fairly confident that. Basically, up until the African Nations, I'm going to look forward to watching Arsenal. When we get to the African Cup of Nations, I have no idea.
2: <laughs> hmm. how, how, how many games are they going to collectively miss?
0: Uh, well, oh, it, will, it will depend on, obviously, how long their countries are in the competition, but I'd imagine it's at least three weeks worth of games, which if I go to January, a couple of FA cup games in there as well, won't we? Yeah. So there will be an FA cup game. They're going to miss the away game to Tottenham, uh, home to Burnley. And, hmm, possibly Man City, um, on New Year's Day. Obviously some of these games and the fixtures could be moved around, depending on cup competitions and where Mm. other teams are and stuff. Um, But yeah, there's, Uh, I mean, there's two big games there that they would most likely will be missing, uh, missing from, which is obviously.
1: You're assuming every one of our players is going to play in a team that goes to a final.
0: (coughs) Yeah, well, I mean, theoretically, they could
1: be back after three weeks, couldn't they?
0: Oh yeah, of course. You know, um, I mean, if if they're there for the whole tournament, then they miss the whole month of January, pretty much. But Partey will be gone for at least two weeks. You would think Pepe will be gone for at least two weeks. Aubameyang might be the first one back. Um, just I don't know as many good Gabonese players as there are, you know. Um, is it Ivory Coast and who does part where's Partey from? It's Ghana, isn't it? Yeah, Ghanaian. I don't know any uh, other, Ga- yeah, any, um, Gabon players. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of any others. There probably is some, and people are screaming into their headset or radio or whatever right now. Um, and obviously El Neni as well. You know, Egypt always traditionally do quite well, they get fairly far into the competition, don't they, Rich? Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, do you think they're going to have any of this self-isolating for 10 days thing when they get back or do you think that'll all be eased by then?
0: That That is another problem as well that could crop up. You would hope that by that point things will have calmed down and because they're going to be playing, i guess guessing, I don't know where exactly it is in Africa, but I'm guessing that they're going to be testing them all the time and um, there might be some special dispensation for. I think there was one anyway for elite athletes where they can do like the test, like for two days or two or three days in a row, and as long as they come back negative for that, then they don't have to isolate afterwards. Um, it honestly, it's down to the UK government. Obviously, what happens with that? Um, but no, yeah, it's just more I'm sure, I'm sure some silver can abandon it, it, couldn't they? Yeah, that's true. You know, just just give Boris a call and a you know, 50 quid in a handshake, and I'm sure he'll sort you out and let you back in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, so it sort of brings me to the last point for the show, because um, we didn't really get a ton of questions, but the ones we did are all sort of sent around. As of stuff on Pepe, how we're going to do, and coming to that January window. Um, we've had a few links with players and the two positions we've been linked with the most has been centre midfield and striker. Um, Lacazette is obviously out of contract in the summer. Enketia um, as well. Both can sign pre contract agreements come January um, with other clubs. I think with Enketia, we would get a compensation if he stays in the league or in England at least. Um, Lacazette, obviously, we wouldn't. Um, so whether we, we get did f-
1: compensation from, because didn't we have to pay some compensation to Chelsea? And we got yeah, um
0: okay. yeah, but that was I think because of his age at the time and how long he's been at the club as a development player, and um, we would we we'd get a certain amount. And it's not huge amounts of money, it's it's probably just like a couple hundred grand or something stupid like that. Which I'd love That's a couple hundred grand. Yeah, I, I could take that quite happily <laughs> if you don't want it, Arsenal. Um
2: Well, yeah, it's the, not like we're we're short of a pay we're like we did that thing with Derby the other day, didn't we? We postponed the um, yeah, the payment the payment there. for um Bielik.
0: Yeah, for Bielik, yeah. Which which is, yeah, I mean, it's nice. But also, they haven't got any money to pay us anyway, so there's not much we could do, I guess. Um, But in terms of some of the names that we've been um, linked to, uh, striker-wise, we have been linked to, and I'm just going to bring it up because I've got it here. Right, so we've got three names. Uh, One that's just popped up, or that has been there before, uh, Alexander Isaac. Um, who lots of people probably watch the Euros, uh, but the two that have come up most prominently has been Ollie Watkins and Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, not saying we're getting any of those free, uh, if we are getting anyone at all. But let's say it gets to January, um, Abameyang's off, obviously for Africa Nations. Maybe Enketia does get sold, or Lacazette does, or something. They're gonna have to bring someone in. Um, you know, Balogun and Martinelli are prospects obviously, but you need someone probably in the 25 to 26 sort of range, someone who can step in when a Bamiyang doesn't play as much in maybe a a year's time or something and then gives a nice bridge for the younger guys to develop at um, at an easier rate and not be thrown in. Um, Out of those three, if you had to pick, Rich, I'll come to you first. Um, Do any of them excite you? Uh, And if they do, which one would you take?
2: Uh, the first one I don't know too too much about. Um, uh, if the top of my top of my brain, I think my brain's gone gone blank uh, for that blow. Is it Alexander Isaac? Is he the? Yeah. the is, is that Swedish?
0: Oh my. He's. Uh, yes. Yes. That is the one. I'm just bringing, uh, bringing up his stats here. I'm sure it's Alexander. Someone's probably shouting. That's not his name. Uh, yeah, he's Alexander Isaac. I knew I knew something about football. Yeah, he's uh, he is twenty two. Um, he's currently at uh Sociedad is where he signed for. He was at Dortmund previously. Um, okay. Played in their in their like B team, and then I think he went out on loan loss at Dortmund to someone else in Germany. Possibly. Oh no, he I, went to the Dutch league. That was it. Yeah. Okay, I'm 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 going to disregard him for for until I
2: see a bit more mm. more of him and do. You know the, the the fabled my own research. You know, YouTube.
0: The, the YouTube study. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, uh, for, uh, thing. I think from, from memory in the Euros, I think he was quite impressive. But mm. I haven't heard hide nor hair of him um, since then. But then you know, I I, I don't watch other leagues as uh, all that yeah. much. Uh, uh, out of DLC and Ollie Watkins, um, I think I heard a rumor that both of them are gooners, mm. uh, especially Watkins. Um, I'm I'm a fan of both of them to be fair. Um, My initial reaction would be to go for DLC just because I think with his height and physicality, he gives us a plan B. He gives us something different. Um, You know, he gives us that hold up play. He gives us, you know, that aerial threat for for Tierney's constant crosses. Um, So that would be my um, that would be my. Uh, my preference, you know, I, I, th- I think Watkins and and Abamyang's slightly tra- skills are slightly transferable, mm-hmm. you know, uh, quicker guys and, and and stuff like that. Whereas, let's say, uh, Calvert Lewin, he has that 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 height, that physicality, that ability to hold up the ball, to bring up um, bring others into play, and and make the ball the ball stick to him a little bit more. So he he would be my choice.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, do you have any preference on the free or is there someone else that you would be more interested in that's sort of in the similar price range, I guess, to those guys?
1: Well, it depends on the price. I mean, obviously, I'd like Calvert-Lewin because similar to what Rich said, you know, he's something different. He's mm-hmm. not, not at all like Lacazette or Bamiang. You know, I would definitely go, but that depends. I mean, if Lacazette, if someone actually comes in and offers us money for Lacazette, and that's you know, something like fifteen, twenty million. We've got to take it. That's just yeah, we might as well and put that money towards, you know, if we could get like Cal I mean, I'm not sure how much they paid for him or you know, I mean you're probably talking didn't about Didn't he come up through, their, through
0: their academy, Calvert Lewin? I think he mm-hmm. might have come up through their academy. Again, we do the Google search whilst being very professional. Um he did oh he was at Sheffield United. And then they bought him in twenty sixteen for one
1: point five million. There you go. Yeah. Well yeah. offer him um, three and they'll have doubled their money. That's how this works, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it works. S- simple maths, yeah. Makes sense to <laughs> me. Well, I'm related to Dick Law, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that's why nothing ever gets done. But yeah, I mean, but if we could get if I don't think it matters if Enketia goes because I don't think we're ever gonna get that much money for him anyway. Balogun doesn't really play, but if Lacazette if someone offers us money for Lacazette in January, like even 15, just put that money, just go get him. Because yeah. we might as well we might as well replace Lacazette in January as to wait until the summer. And if we can get him in, I mean, I don't know what his contract situation is. I mean, he's been there well it was the 2016, so he's been there five nearly six years. Mm. So he would want to go, and I don't know who else are going to buy him. So, yeah, 35 to 40 maximum in January, I'd do that, if Lacazette
0: like, go. Yeah, uh, let's just have a look. He's John, yes. oh, you're,
2: you're thinking, who's, you watch Italian football.
0: Who I is do the, watch Italian um, football. Is there,
2: is there a, a Serbian guy who plays for, is it Fiorentina?
0: Yes, Vlahovic. Um, he's sod. Uh 21, I think, 21, 22. His agent in the summer was um going around most of Europe, uh sort of saying, Come and buy my player. Um, because there was a lot of hype around him. He's not had the best starts of the season. Um mm-hmm. he scored goals, but a lot of them have been penalties. <sighs> there is there is a thing with getting players from Italy, uh, in particular strikers. Um, when Bellotti burst onto the scene for Torino um, and he had a really good season, scored loads of goals and just looked amazing. He was just like, wow, this is like watching Luca Toni with pace. This is unbelievable. Mm. Um, And there was talks of like 50 million, and this is a few years ago now, um, him going for it. He didn't go. And I thought, okay, well, he's going to say it's Torino. We'll do another really good season. Then maybe he'll go to Juve or Inter or someone like that. Since that first amazing season, he hasn't really done it again. And that is why I would be... Lots of people have asked me about Vlahovic. I'm not saying he's not a good player, because he is still very young, but I would wait until you see how he does for the rest of the season with Fiorentina. Fiorentina are playing the best football at the moment, um, so it's not all on him, but he's not playing particularly great himself. So until you see someone do it consistently for more than one season in Syria, in particular strikers, I'm very reticent to say, yeah, go and get them. Um, just because... You can have—I mean, it's the same in the league. You can have a really good season and then disappear. Um, oh God, who was the guy at Swansea? Michu at Swansea—he mm. was like the best striker in the world, wasn't he? For or in Europe at least for you know six months and then just completely disappeared. And now I don't even know if he's still. What playing.
1: about the other guy at Swansea? Oh, so, um, Gomez—he—he he had a really good about year an and a half. Then he complete—I don't know where.
0: Yeah, he yeah. The, you do get players that do this—they have a great you know season or something and then just just fall off. So. For High Hitch, he might be a good player uh, and he might go on to be a really good player, but I'm not convinced currently. Um, out of the two, I'm just pulling up their um, contracts at the moment. So, Calvert Lewin, he is contracted until 2025, and obviously he's English. So, that immediately means you've got to stick 10 million on whatever the price is just because he's mm. English. But you haven't um, got to
1: worry about him adapting to the league, have you?
0: No, you haven't, and he's 24, so sort of correct age range. Maybe we'd want someone a little bit older, Um, but he certainly fills the profile. Um, As for Ollie Watkins, I'll bring up Watkins now, uh, if this thing works. Ollie Watkins, he is. He's a year older, he's 25. His contract is also to 2025, Um, but I think... See, he's valued at like 12 million less. Again, this is all according to transfer market. Yeah. I do get yeah, what they're saying they in terms him of like hold up 30 odd million or something, wouldn't they? Um, 30 odd million. They got him for. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, 30 million. So, I mean, I'd imagine they'd at least want that money back, um, you would think. But yeah, he's.
1: 50 million back for Lacazette, but we're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah,
0: of course. Um the one thing I would say between the two, um, that I think if any move does happen for either of them, and maybe it isn't January, maybe it's not something that happens till the summer, I think Watkins fits Arteta's plan more just because he's pressing from the front is much better than Calvert Lewins. Mm-hmm. Um I think the was it last season you saw the way he sort of bullied our defenders, um, because Villa did I think they did the double over us last season, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And he was um he was really, really good in those in both those games. But yeah, I think he fits, for me, fits the bill more. Alexander Isaac is the more exciting sort of exotic name, um, one that uh, Chris always talks about. I think he might be, at the moment, maybe a little bit too weak for this league, uh, physically. He's very tall and he's got great dribbling and his hold-up play is actually quite good. Um, but he would probably need to bulk up a bit when he when, if he came to the Premier League. He, he might be, weirdly, the cheaper option, though, even though he's more of the... Certainly around Europe, anyway, more of the name player. Um, just quickly onto the centre mid one. Obviously, because of the fact that, you know, Xhaka isn't going to be back until probably January. And even then, it's going to take him a couple of games to get fit. Partey as well will be gone. Elneny will be gone. That basically leaves us with Lukonga, Xhaka, just coming back from injury. And Maitland Knowles. Isn't that, Lukonga
1: going to the African Cup of Nations, with <clears throat> Mike?
0: Oh, dear. He's Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um I think he was actually born there, wasn't he, Laconga? I'm sure he was born there. Um I'm going to look that right up now, so I don't look like a complete idiot. Was he born in Belgium? Yes, he was born in Brussels. There you go. Um Terrible, terrible, dick. So we are short, again, in centre-mid come January. And it's still, I think, a position that we do need someone in. I think what you saw in the Brighton game is that, again, people don't like Jacob, but His incisiveness with his passing, I think he's in the top three for the season of midfielders in the whole of Premier League for most passes into the final third. He might be actually number two on the list. Again, another one of those stats versus eye test thing because everyone always, the only passes you remember Bajaka making is where he passes it back to a centre-back, never the ones he does forwards. (laughs) Um, But we do need, definitely need someone at centre-mid and it's just whether that happens in January. (laughs) But yeah, that's basically it for this week because we haven't really got a lot else to talk about Arsenal-wise, have we? Um, The Arsenal ladies are really good to watch, although they did lose to Barcelona. But it was a very good game.
2: Very, very good Barcelona side. Yeah,
0: but obscenely good, I think, that could beat quite a lot of men's teams, Mm. to be fair. Um, But yeah, if you aren't watching the Arsenal ladies, uh, definitely check them out. Also, all the women's Champions League, um, I think nearly every game is currently being shown on YouTube. Um, at least the group games and the qualifiers and and stuff. And you can pick uh, the language for your commentary as well. I don't know how – obviously, they don't have every single language, but uh, if you're not a native English speaker, there's probably a language on there that maybe you understand better than English. Us ignorant English people can just about speak English and don't understand any other languages. Um,
2: (laughs) I can say a few swear words in Arabic, and (laughs) this week I've been learning for the last 30 days, I've been learning Spanish on Duolingo. Oh,
0: okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) Go There's something me. else yeah. Something else you can do on your interlull break if you've got nothing else to entertain yourself with. But, yeah, that is it for this week. Um, if you enjoyed the show, give us a thumbs up. Leave us a review on iTunes, comment, whatever. Um, I don't know if we're doing another one next week or not. Um, I will speak to Danny, and he'll put something up on the Twitter page or on Facebook. Um, if you haven't checked it out after you've listened, go have a look at that. Thing I'll post it, I'll pin it as my top tweet, uh, the Premier League predictor thing up till Christmas. Um, go and have a go on that and just reply, take a little screenshot, reply with um, what you've got. It's just a good way to sort of gauge the mood of other Arsenal fans and where everyone thinks we are at the moment. Um, yeah, and you know, it wasn't a great day down on the South Coast, but it could have been worse. You could have been, oh Simon, sat there in a press box with a bit of plastic over your laptop hoping it didn't break because it was raining so <laughs> much getting absolutely soaked um so yeah that just leads me to say thank you to my guests for coming on so rich thank you very much for joining me thanks for having me well, pleasure as always mate and nick thank you very much
1: Yeah, welcome
0: and just a quick reminder as well a little plug for nick um if people do want to watch you on twitch where should they go
1: uh, go to twitch just uh just searching there nick fights if you want to come and troll me for playing games badly or at the moment i'll be playing like scary games for halloween so if you want to watch a bloke from norwich scream
2: his head off playing scary games that's the way to
1: go
0: halloween
2: how scary are we talking and we are we talking was it was it project fear that game was brilliant back in the day did well, everyone, I, jumped, a I, was, I
1: was playing um, Luigi's Mansion the other day, and that made me jump. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to play an action scary
2: game.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. If you want to laugh at a grown man jumping at a child's game, then go and check out Nick uh, Nick Fights <laughs> on Twitch. But yeah, that's it for us for this week. Um, as I say, Daniel will post something about whether we're doing another pod next week or not. I'm sure we'll come up with something to try and entertain you. Maybe Chris will do one of his cool uh, ABW uh, talks to someone Vaguely interesting, that's not us. Um, but yeah, that's it for us this week. So thank you for watching. Good night, all, and up the Arsenal. Bye bye.
2: As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.